A quick warning before this episode starts. In this episode, we're going to be talking about sexual assault against minors. Viewer discretion is advised. At the end of April, shocking news came out of an elementary school in Plainview, Texas. An incident had occurred involving a six-year-old girl being sexually assaulted by male students at South Elementary School in Plainview ISD. Just last week, the district school board held a public meeting and the community was not happy about the outcomes, as it was still left with a lot of unanswered questions about the incident. I'm Matea Rusilis, Trends and Breaking News reporter here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Alex Driggers, our government and public policy reporter. Alex has been covering this story from the very beginning. So let's start there. Okay, so Alex, you have been covering what has been happening in Plainview ISD for the past couple of weeks. What happened on May 1st when you were first alerted to what was going on? Yeah, so I was notified on uh, Monday, May 1st. And I had a friend in town and she texted me and said, hey, I saw some people Uh, protesting outside of the education complex, um, the district's administration office. Um, Yeah, something's going on. So uh, I was tied up, but I I went down to Plainview after a little while and um, found out that there had been a group of, you know, upwards of several dozen folks um, there with signs, and they were demanding to talk to the superintendent, H.T. Sanchez. And they said that, a, a child in their family was a victim of a sexual assault in a classroom um, by another first grade student at South Elementary School. They said that they were given the runaround by district uh, administrators and um, they wanted answers as to what happened in that classroom. And they felt like the district needed to speak with them and tell them why they had kept them in the dark. Um, They felt like the district didn't communicate with them properly and that they had been kept in the dark on this situation. So they were asking for answers. So you're talking about an incident. And during your time, I was reporting this over the couple of days after May 1st. What did we learn from that? What was the incident and what happened? We learned that there was an incident that occurred in a classroom at Plainview South Elementary School on April 19th. It was a first grade classroom. And what we know for a fact, is that there were several first grade students who were engaged in some sort of inappropriate sexual behavior and that it was recorded on a school-owned iPad. The following day, on April 20th, the teacher noticed that the iPad had a passcode put on it, which it wasn't supposed to have. The teacher sent the iPad to IT on April 21st to get unlocked. And that's when the video was found and first reported to the administration. Now, it's important to note here that this is where the school's and the parents' timeline diverge from one another. The district says they immediately called parents and guardians of involved students to notify them that a situation had occurred. The family members say that they didn't hear from the school for nine or ten days before they finally got anyone to speak to them about the matter. Um, The school district says that... They were very limited on what they could tell the families because of an ongoing investigation. The district contacted Child Protective Services, who became involved in the investigation, and later even contacted the FBI to get involved in the investigation. But uh, parents are saying the school district did not do enough to communicate with them and to prevent this from happening in the first place. The district said they did everything they were required to do. And so from there, 
we just saw the snowball of frustration um, that that eventually uh, finally revealed itself on May 1st. So after May 1st, we started learning about the uh, what the school district was saying and what the parents were saying. What happened next? Were there any releases from the school district about what happened? Any statements? We saw a statement from the district on May 1st. Um, it was given to the family initially and then released to the Avalanche Journal and the Plainview Herald subsequently. And um, the school district said, in essence, they were conducting an inv investigation and that they were very limited on what uh, they were able to release, but um, they did give a brief timeline of the events, including the April 19th episode and the um, April 21st discovery. Um, they said that they called one parent who answered and the other, so they apparently tried to contact two families uh, they were able to get a hold of on, May, on April 24th. Um, and they were told, according to the district, that there was a concerning video found and that they were um, looking into the matter. Child Protective Services um, worked through their investigation over the next couple of weeks, and uh, the district says that an investigator um, was interviewing students and um, and then sought the support of his supervisor who arrived Thursday, April 27th. So now it's been eight days since the incident occurred, if my math is correct. And then on April 27th, the district said it was then authorized to notify each parent or guardian um, identified in the investigation uh, about the situation. And they said they weren't able to share any information about that. The family doesn't agree with that timeline. I guess with CPS and FBI getting involved in all their investigation, is this normal of um, institutions um, to tell the school district, hey, you need to limit how much you're saying? Is that normal or is that something that we just don't know of? You know, I'm, I'm not an expert on how these things go, but I think that's typically pretty standard process. Um, these types of agencies want to protect the integrity of their investigations and they're afraid that if... Um, parents and family members know too much detail about this, they might instruct their children um, to not say certain things or not do certain things or do this when the investigator talks to you. Um, so they're afraid it might taint their investigation. On May 5th, there was another peaceful protest in Plainview that garnered almost 200 people to show up in support. Alex said they walked from the admin building to the park and back demanding answers from the school district. That same day, the school district announced classes will be canceled for South Elementary for Monday, but would later expand that to all schools for Monday and Tuesday due to threats made to teachers and staff because of the incident. Classes resumed Wednesday, May 10th, with heightened security that the district said it will have for the last few weeks of classes. That night, the school released the findings of the investigation. The district said that... Um they immediately contacted Child Protective Services after they found the video that uh, law enforcement personnel reviewed the content of the video. And they determined that, quote, a sexual assault did not occur. Rather, mutual inappropriate sexual contact occurred between two six-year-old students, end quote. They also said the incident was brief um, and they defined brief as 34 seconds. That was the duration of the video. 
quote, with no outcry for help or struggle, end quote. Um, there was also a concern that the teacher was not supervising properly or paying attention. Um, there were uh, reports that she was wearing headphones when the incident occurred and listening to music. Um, the district statement said that they reviewed surveillance footage um, from the hallway and you could see the teacher in that footage and she was not wearing headphones, according to the district. Um, and they also said that they contacted parents to make them aware of the situation the same night and then later reached out um, to share counseling resources. They also said that the Child Protective Services investigator instructed district personnel to not discuss the incident with anyone until he was able to interview um, each participant in the incident. And that's when they then um, followed up with the parents, according to the district. They also said, quote, all six-year-old children involved in the incident are victims of being treated are victims and they're being treated as such due to the occurrence of behaviors that are not typical of six-year-old students, end quote. Did anyone have any type of reaction when this statement re was released? Yes. Well, there were some of those reactions. There were many people who had very strong reactions to this statement, and most of them were not positive. Um, there were a number of people that were just outraged by this statement. And uh, they seem to take a particular issue with the phrase mutual inappropriate sexual contact. Um, the family's calling this a sexual assault. Mm -hmm. um, and so they took mutual inappropriate sexual contact to mean consent. And as you know, Children cannot consent to sexual acts. And so parents were outraged um, by that phrasing. They also were, um, they, they did not like the, the, that the district called the incident brief. Um, said 34 seconds is not brief when you're a child who's being forced to do something you don't want to do. And that's what the family is saying that occurred. The family told other media outlets and have told us that, um, the child was forced to perform this act, that um, she was held under the desk, um, that she uh, was crying out for help during this incident. And that's all been uh, rebutted in the district statement. So, um, yeah, a lot of folks were really upset by that statement. They were not buying it. After parents took to social media, airing their grievances with the school district, things started to quiet down in plain view. But the quiet didn't last very long. The school board posted its agenda for its meeting, and parents started to organize again to protest. Something to note here. Alex had covered the April school board meeting, where the board tabled the discussion on extending the district superintendent's contract, H.T. Sanchez, for a later date, with most presuming it would be in on May's agenda, which it was not. We will touch more about who Sanchez is and why he is important later on the story. Now comes the day of the school board meeting on May 18th. Alex was there Thursday morning and said it was a normal day in Plainview, but at the district's office, something interesting was unfolding. I grew up in Plainview. It felt like Plainview. It felt like a normal day in Plainview. But when I drove by the education complex, you know, you could tell that it, it wasn't a normal day in there. Um, police were setting up barricades uh, around the uh, complex. There was a large law enforcement presence there kind of preparing for what I assumed they expected to be a large showing and 
you know, I, I think they were, you know, perhaps being uh, trying to just, you know, prepare in case that there was some sort of uh, incident uh, during the school board meeting. But large law enforcement presence um, and just kind of a, a feeling of anticipation, I would say. Did you see anything out of place from the law enforcement, like number uh, enforce, uh, officers there on site or anything, any special equipment that you may have seen? Yeah. So I, Annie Rice, our photographer and I rendezvoused about, I don't know, 3 p.m., 4 p.m., somewhere in that neighborhood. And, um, you know, we wanted to come up with a game plan for our coverage. And so we met in a parking lot just across from the education complex. And we saw officer after officer after officer um, kind of circling that area. There was a a large presence. um, You know, they had some of their SWAT equipment set up, I guess, um, just in preparation for any kind of incident that might occur. Uh, They had officers uh, posted on the roof kind of observing and um, I assume making sure that there wasn't anything going on that was unusual. Um, and they had all the entrances to the parking lot except one blocked off. So everyone was going in and out of the same entrance. Um, as we get closer to the meeting, um, there's a lot of security, um, in place, metal detectors. Um, you know, I had a, one officer kind of, you know, pat me down a little bit and just check to make sure I didn't have any weapons on me. Um, they weren't allowing citizens to take in signs or water bottles or tripods or uh, anything of that nature. Even some camera equipment I was told was um, blocked from entering the boardroom. Um, so it was a quite a bit different from your typical Plainview ISD board meeting and any school board meeting I've ever been to. Um, and, and, Again, uh, the police told me that they just wanted to make sure that everybody was safe. But some of the uh, protesters that I spoke to said that they felt like that was that the large police presence was an intimidation tactic. We hear her and we believe her. An hour before the board was set to convene, around 150 men, women and children gathered outside the admin building to protest. Thirty minutes before the meeting began, officers started allowing people inside the meeting room. Everyone at the protest was able to fit into the meeting room after going through security. This was also the time for people to sign up to speak during the public comment section of the meeting. Finally, at 6.01 p.m., the board gaveled in. However, they immediately went into executive session. The executive session only lasted 30 minutes, then came out and read a statement. A very disheartening, unprecedented situation occurred at Plainview South Elementary. The Plainview ISD Board of Trustees and Superintendents send their deepest regrets to the parents and guardians of all the students involved in this incident. We remain steadfast to offer counseling. The district reads a prepared statement. Um, basically continues to defend the district's response to the incident. It's the first hint we get 
of any sort of apology. They also said that they would be looking to make some policy changes in the upcoming school year, although they didn't give specifics. But Superintendent Sanchez sent an open letter um, the day before with uh, a little bit uh, more specificity, um, indicating that they might ban cell phones up through seventh grade, uh, that they might modify their disciplinary procedures and their counseling and mental health procedures a little bit. And then it was time for the public to speak. However, some stipulations were placed on the public speaking portion. As I continue on citizen comments, I will just remind you again that we will pull you out of this room if you are disrespectful, unruly. In the case that the, uh, the name of a student is mentioned, the name of a teacher is mentioned, the name of a of an administrator is mentioned, you will be removed and not allowed to come back in. Each participant will have one minute to speak. When necessary, an effective meeting uh, in large number like this, again, we will only allow one minute. Our board secretary, uh, officer secretary, Ms. Rivera, will keep time. <clears throat> when she mentions your time is up, please adjourn your, your comment. If you continue, you will be asked to be able to, to, to remove from the building as well. The board uh, will allow everyone that signed up to speak unless you're, you didn't fill out the full application or the full paper, which well, there was a few that didn't fill out all the information on here. Ock said he cannot give a definite answer on if this shortening of three minutes to one minute for public comments when five or more people signed up has always been a PISD policy. Several people did speak, but I want to play for you the testimony of the mother of the female victim. Warning, now is the time to stop listening as the comments made speak about sexual violence and contain explicitives. We have edited out the child's name, but have left some of the explicitives that were said from the public as the mother was being escorted out of the building because she went past her one minute a lot of time. I have followed chain of command and got nowhere. I've done what any good parent should do. Allegedly, April the 19th, they said that... Our student was recorded on the iPad. April 20, teacher reported the iPad. April the 21st, IT discovered what was in the iPad. He saw who was on that iPad. All those three days, the parents were not called within the 24 hours. Thursday, April 26, we went to pick and she was fearful. She was scared. And that's when we talked to the principal. She stated no answers for all questions that were asked. Friday 27th, went to South Elementary. And the principal would not give answers. I mean, at first we protested. We demanded to speak to uh, administration. They would not come out and address this until finally, a little bit before lunch, uh, they addressed this. I spoke to assistant administration, uh, uh, superintendent, superintendent, and the principal. No answers. According to them, they could not answer because.
So how many people were pulled out of the building or uh, escorted out of the building because of them going over the time limit that they were allotted? We had three people on Thursday night that were escorted out the back door of the building by Plainview ISD police. All three of those people, notably, that were escorted out of the room said that they were um, directly related to the little girl um, that uh, was involved in the incident. Uh, there were 11 people that spoke at the board meeting, and almost all of them uh, were speaking out of uh, anger or outrage or disgust was a word that was used a lot. And they were calling for change. They were calling for um, teachers and administrators to be held accountable, specifically Superintendent Sanchez. Um, not He doesn't have a lot of fans in the community uh, right now, it seems. And so uh, they were calling for change in the district. There was one citizen who spoke up and he said he has a daughter at South Elementary School and he called for calm. He said that some of the things surrounding this have been blown out of proportion, that some of the things said on social media have been uncalled for and untrue. And he basically said, you know, the school district's hands were, were tied. And most importantly, I feel my child is safe. Um, folks didn't like that so much. But, but he, he kind of called for some rational thinking in the midst of all this. Um, but, but everyone else was, was outraged and upset, and they made that known. After public comments, the board took action on one routine item and adjourned the meeting. The public did not take kindly to the board not addressing the public further about the incident. With this, we will con uh, complete our, our meeting. Thank you for attending. Uh, Outside of the admin building, people were beginning to rally again. And sitting here seeing all of you and this family have to go through this just for the bare minimum. For our kids to be safe from sexual assault, bullying. They say that that is their goal. It is not. They're only worried about their paycheck and their term on that school board. And they're right. We do have to run. We have to clean them out because they're not supposed to be there any longer. Not a single day should they be on that chair because they haven't done anything. It shouldn't have taken that little girl for all of us to see this, but they let her pay the price. How many more are going to have to pay the price before we say enough is enough? How many more are going to become victims inside a classroom? How many more? Silence. 
Soon after, it started calming down and people began to leave. I just want to talk about real quickly about the one of the key players in this whole situation, and that's the superintendent. What is going on? Like, why are people so frustrated? And does he have a history of this? Yeah, people are frustrated. And I think there has been some frustration with this superintendent uh, that stretches back before. Um, this incident. I've, I've heard, and this is all just kind of through the grapevine, that there's been some issues with teacher morale, issues with student discipline. Um, but, but this has really all come to a head uh, now. Again, there was a few board meetings ago, there have been, there was a one citizen who spoke up Thursday night. She, she spoke up several months ago at a board meeting and, and called uh, Sanchez's leadership into question. Um, before he was even hired here, uh, there had been some other situations in other districts that are kind of eerily similar to this one, um, specifically in Tucson Unified School District in Arizona. That is the second largest school district in that state. And uh, he was the superintendent there until, uh, uh, I believe, 2018. Um, there were... <laughs> claims that Sanchez and that school district mishandled a sexual assault investigation. There was a, a student, um, a female student, who had said that she was sexually assaulted by a teacher. And um, apparently during that incident, Sanchez and the district waited a number of days before notifying law enforcement about that incident. Um, folks in that school district were upset. Why did you wait so long to call the cops after this student came to you and told you what was going on in her life and in her classroom? And people were upset about that. And eventually, um, Sanchez went ahead and resigned. Um, that school district bought him out of his contract for $200,000 um, with a non-disparagement agreement, meaning um, that the school board couldn't say anything bad about Sanchez after he left. Um, prior to going to Tucson, he had been in Ector County ISD uh, down in Odessa in the surrounding area. And there were concerns there, too. One of the former board members there spoke to another uh, to a uh, Lubbock television station back when he was hired in Plainview and said, basically, uh, you're making a huge mistake. We were glad to see him go from Ector County. Um, so he's had a, his reputation precedes him, um, at least according to uh, the people in Tucson and Odessa. So with all this happening in the board meeting, What's next? What is this the end of the story that we know of it right now? Or is there something going to happen? What's I guess people are asking what's going to happen next? That's a great question, Mateo. We don't really know what's next. I know that these community members and these family members who are upset aren't going to stop being upset. They'll continue to be upset and uh, we'll continue to see them fight, I think. Um but as far as what can be done about the incident, I think we're at the end of the the end of the line. You know, the investigation is closed and into that that's been settled. 
Um, we will have to see the superintendent's contract back on the agenda at some point. But, I mean, technically, they don't have to take that up until 2027 when his contract is set to expire. So, um, I don't know what's next. What I do know is that there will be people on both sides that continue to speak up. Um, but as far as what action is to be taken, what the district does, what the school board does, who's to say? Well, I just want to say thank you for your commitment to following this story and to providing the public with as much information as you can get out of that. So thank you for it. Thanks, Mateo. It's an important story and it's been an honor to cover it. Thank you, Alex. This is what we know so far. I want to leave you with this quote. It's from the cousin of the female victim outside after the meeting had ended. Just pray for all of us. Pray for our town. Pray for our cops and our everyone on the board. And just pray that they will just stop doing these evil things that they are doing. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Reporters on the Record from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal's The Lead Podcast. You can always keep up to date on stories Alex and the rest of the team at the AJ is producing at lubbockonline.com. If you have any other stories that you want to be told in a different way or see a behind-the-scenes look at, message me on my social media or through my email. Your request might be the next special episode. Until next time, stay curious.